0: Thank you for joining us today we are so honored that you have chosen to make us part of your day we are so excited to be able to bring you way of life's weekly sermons in podcast format we believe that what you are about to hear will be life transforming so open up your hearts and receive today we will come back at the end to pray with you we hope you enjoy
1: well somebody giving praise in this house Somebody give him praise. We didn't come in here to be entertained. We didn't come in here just to hear something else be said. We came in here to honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Will somebody in this house just take a moment of time and just give him some praise up in here. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you praise you. I praise you. You may be seated. What an honor it is to be here in God's house with you. I did bring my iPad and my iPhone. And I did not bring to this platform my Bible. And the reason I did that is because my eyes are so old that it's very difficult to see some of those little words. And I have to make them so big. And I do have the cheaters, but I'm, I don't wear them too often. But I'm glad to be in God's house today. It's great to be here at Way of Life Church. It's glad to be here with this pastor team, Chris Owensby and Sister Regina Owensby, choice friends of ours. And we were blessed yesterday to a wonderful dinner over at Donna's house and Chris, and they just were so blessed. We thank you for that. We also have the couple that they've stepped out, but I see one returning, there's the other. But Noah and Holly are such a blessing in our life and are doing great things for the kingdom of God. We have just claimed them, Brother Chris, as our son and daughter too. So we're just going to take care of them when they come visit us. But it's been a joy, a great joy. It's good to be with you today. As Brother Chris was saying, uh, I'm a pastor. That doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's just who I am and what I do. Been doing it for quite a while. Plan on doing it until the good Lord calls me home. And until then, I'm just going to keep singing and preaching and just proclaiming the truths of God's Word. I just want to sing a couple of little songs for you today. They go back a few years. Uh, If you've ever heard Clint Brown sing, this is some of the stuff that Clint Brown did over the years and still does occasionally. But it blesses my heart. You just stay seated and just, if you feel like raising your hands, fine. If you don't, close your eyes, whatever you want to do. Just want to sing a couple of little songs that just kind of set the motion of where I'm headed today. Thank you, Jesus. My beautiful wife. Hallelujah Just to be close to you Is where I long to be Let me hide myself inside your heart And find my destiny Every step That I need To be in your presence And close to thee To be in your presence And close to thee Just to be close, if you know it, sing it Just to be close myself inside your heart, find my destiny. Every step I take is one less that I need to be in your presence, close to thee. I want to be close to you, Jesus, to be in your presence close to Thee. Anybody want to be close to Him today? Lord, oh, I just want to be close to You today. Just to be close to You. Let me hide myself inside Your heart and find my destiny. Anybody new to know where they're going? reach step that I need to be in your presence and close to thee I want to be close to you Jesus too. I believe we all are being called in this last day. I believe every one of us are being called in this last day. Whether you accept the calling or not is up to you. Whether you accept the call of God on your life is up to you. You say, well, pastor, you must be talking about pastors and evangelists. and You must be talking about those five gifts. No, I'm talking about being called to serving God. Being separated and called to serve God. That's very important in these days and time that we're living in. We need to surrender and submit to the call of God. And he's calling us. And this little last little song here just talks about how that God is calling all of us to a particular place. Here we go. Zion. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise to stand upon the mountain and magnify his name to tell all the people in every nation that Sing it again. Oh, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. To stand upon the mountain and magnify his name. To tell all the people in every nation that he reigns. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. And it becomes my highest praise when all that I My highest praise just to know you, Lord. It becomes my highest praise. It becomes my highest praise when all that I am, when all that I am responds to who you are. It becomes my highest praise. It becomes my highest praise. Just to know you, Lord. Just to know you. lord Just to know you, Lord. 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 Just to know you Lord. Just to Most gracious Heavenly Father, as we stand before this congregation of people, we don't stand here in ourselves or in our power or in our abilities. But we stand here in your power, in your anointing, God. And we ask, Lord, that every vessel will be filled this day. We ask that every heart will be touched this morning. We ask that every lost will be found today. We ask that every backslider will come home this day. And Lord, I ask you for your grace and for your mercy to saturate this place in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise before you're seated. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Today is your day. Look at the other neighbor, the one you don't like so much. Tell them to, today is your day. And you can be seated. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Kathy. Isn't she lovely? Isn't my wife lovely? Hallelujah. God's good. God is good. All the time, God is good. This past two years have been a real trying time for many of us. There are still people in churches trying to figure out whether they need to come back to church or not. I'm going to. That's because because this applies it applies all over the place. That so many still trying to figure out whether they really need to come to church or not. You see them at Walmart. I'm not going to meddle too much, but I am a pastor. Amen. Many under the sound of my voice right now have gone through so many things in the past two years things that we never thought that we would have to go through. Two years ago, Christmas Day, our oldest daughter died. Christmas Day. She had had lung problems for years, had a lung transplant. That didn't take. And she lived for almost another year. And we had her another year. We celebrated Thanksgiving. And she was at our table. And she prayed. And she cried. And she said, I don't want to die, Daddy. And I said, I don't want you to die, baby. But I I can't change what God's plans are for you either way. Whether you live or whether you die is in his hands. And if he's calling you home, he'll call you home. And she knew then on Thanksgiving Day at our home that she probably wouldn't make it much longer. And on Christmas Eve, we delivered her Christmas gifts and drove home. And she was not very conscious even at that moment. And by the end of Christmas Day, she was gone. So the past two years have been tough. They've been hard on pastors and hard on parishioners. And there's many things that's happened in your life that you never thought would happen. Heart attacks, cancer, strokes, sicknesses, all kinds of things, all Kinds of problems have come in our lives. Desperation, didn't know what to do, depression, loss of income, loss of homes, instability of life. And it's hard many times to keep our head above waters with all the things that we have dealt with just in the past two years. As a matter of fact, we feel many times that we're just treading water and just barely treading. Sister Kathy and I, we know about treading water. Two years ago, we buried our daughter. And then on March the 12th, 2017, just a few years before that, my wife had a cerebellar stroke in the middle of church service. She had a blood blood clot in the base of her brain. It's something that usually you do not survive at all. You just don't get up. You just fall over and you're gone. And so she found out on September 21st this year that she had breast cancer. On September the 21st, last year actually, she found out she had breast cancer. And so as you can see, her hair is just now growing back in. She had long, beautiful hair and it's just now coming in. And we just thank God that she's got what she's got. Amen. So I'm not standing here today acting like I've got it all together and acting like that I haven't had any problems and acting like it's just all peaches and cream and, and everything's wonderful. We have been through a lot of problems in the last few years and still even now we're swimming in this creek every week we go back and forth to Cape Girardeau, Missouri for infusions and for doctor's visits every week. Across this congregation, we're not alone. And the ones that are watching online, you see, all of us have had lots of things going on in our lives. And just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you don't have problems. I just want you to know that just because you've got a calling of God on your life and just because you have an anointing in your life doesn't mean that you won't face difficult times. And you'll have some very deep waters in your life. And I'm sure there are some who think that they probably shouldn't have to go through the problems. That you know, you're giving of your tithe and you're giving of your time and you're working hard for God, and you shouldn't have to go d- through deep waters. But we all say, all we all say, all we all say, all go through deep waters. Many have felt like many have felt like that uh, you just couldn't handle anymore. Sometimes we get into these deep waters and we feel like we can't touch bottom and sometimes we seem like we're about to drown and we don't know how we're going to make it. And and sometimes it seems like that even, even though we're gonna make it, we're not sure if we're all gonna still be able to serve God like we did serve God before. But church... When we find ourselves in deep waters, I find myself going to the Word of God. I find that the Word of God is going to help me through those troubled times. And in Isaiah chapter 43, I just want to read one verse of Scripture to you and not even the whole verse. Isaiah 43 and 2, it says, when you pass through, when you pass through, when you pass, pass through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. I'll go ahead and read the rest of it. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle against thee. I like says. he says, though you pass through the waters, when you pass through the waters, and when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overflow you, I like that, notice the Lord doesn't say when you might possibly pass through the waters, he doesn't say in there when, you know, if you might possibly go through a river in your life, you know, he might, you might feel like he's saying, well, you won't ever go through them, honey, you're gonna go through them. You might be saying, no, you're not ever, you're gonna go through them. How many has gone through some rivers and gone through some deep waters? So it's not just a possibility, but it's an inevitability that you are going to go through Hard times. But church, we have an assurance today that if we do and when we do go through those waters, God will be with us. It's important that if you don't take anything else home with you today, that you take home the reality that when you leave this place and you get in your automobile, that God is with you. That when you walk up in Uzi Alley, wherever it might be in this area, that God is with you. And Whenever you go to Walmart and Lord knows we need to pray when we go there, that God is with you. I'm telling you, God is with you wherever you're gonna go, can you say amen? And then he adds, Not just the rivers and not just the waters. He says, I'll be with you. But not just that, he says, I'll be with you and it will and it won't overflow you. I like I like I like that part. That it won't overflow overflow you. You know, sometimes we feel like we've just, it's just gone over our heads now. it just, there ain't no recovery now. There ain't no way to get back now. I, I say ain't around, I, I don't know whether that's appropriate around here. Come on now, that's what I'm talking about. It's gonna overflow you, but it won't with when he's with you. It'll overflow you, but it won't overflow you when he's with you. I just said something because I want to go there. Here's the thing about it. We try to do life by ourselves. We try to do things on our own. We think we're strong, we're able, we're capable, we're old enough, we got it figured out, we got enough money, we got a good job, we got this, we got that. And we think we can do it on our own, but it begins to overflow us. But the Bible says if we trust him, come on, the Bible says if we just trust him, if we just believe him, if we just stand with him, if we'll just be firm with him, he will be with us and it won't overflow us. Say, I'm not gonna be overflowed. I'm not gonna be overflowed. I go through the river, I go through the waters, but I'm not gonna be overflowed. I haven't even started preaching yet. Just trying to lay a foundation here to say something. You see, God intervenes in our lives and he delivers us. And he always brings us through. When, you, when we read the Bible, we read what the Bible says for us. But sometimes we don't really notice we don't really notice what it really says. I'm going to go somewhere. Sometimes we, when we read the Bible, we, we want to see what it says for us and not what it says. I'm going somewhere. I just, if you got a seat belt on that seat, you might need to buckle it up. It didn't say when some pass through because we're all gonna pass through. We've settled that. Didn't say, didn't say, them sinner folk gonna go through. We all gonna go through it, every one of us. God didn't say when your enemies pass through because we could shout on that, we'd dance and jump. Man, that enemy, he's gonna be. No, we're all gonna go through. And you must know that deep water is not something that happens because of sin. There's so many good Christian folk that stumble whenever they have troubles in their lives. And when situations come up on them, and cancers, and heart attacks, and, and strokes, and all kinds of stuff like that, it's like, well, they must not have been living right. They were, I, I always knew they was like that, you know, or something. You know, we, we begin to think that. We begin to, until we get in deep waters, and then all of a sudden, we're in deep waters. We say, why is it on me, God? Why? But I'm telling you, God takes us through. Everyone, everyone, say everyone one more time, will pass through the waters. Deep water is not a punishment from God either. Oh, Can I just say that again? Deep water is not a punishment from God. Sometimes we, we feel like the deep water's come to show us something. To sh- he's trying to teach me something. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just letting you know that you're just human. Maybe he's letting you know that you just have to deal with things and you have to deal with it just like everybody else does. But when he's with you, it won't what? Overcome you or overflow you. Fact of life. It's a fact of life. Gee, I'm just gonna close. God said, when thou, in other words, when you, look at your neighbor one more time, say, when you go through the waters, it's not gonna overcome you. Look at the other neighbor, the one that you really love the most, but you didn't want them to know that. We're, we're gonna be overcome if we try it ourselves, but when we're with him, we will not be overcome. Amen. And I love that. I love that. He says, I love that scripture where he says, uh, David's talking. He says, yea, though I walk through. You know, I live that scripture, Brother Chris. I live that scripture. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As Pastor Parsley would say, that same God that brought you in is about ready to kick the door open and bring you out. Just shout because he's worthy. You ever heard Pastor Parsley say that? Just shout because he's worthy. Because if he'll bring you into a situation, he'll bring you out of that situation. There are a lot of scriptures to remind us. Job 14, one, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. First Thessalonians 3, three, such troubles are a part of God's plan for us. Acts 14, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So all of us, we will have to go through deep waters, dark times, restless times, hard times, times when we don't understand, times when it's difficult, but today it seems there is a tendency to try to escape from our problems. If we can just escape from our problems, it'll be alright. Sometimes God did bring you to a problem to bring you through it, to show you just how strong you are and just what you can do. Sometimes those things are allowed by God. Sometimes he did does allow situations to come, but honey, he won't leave you. The same God that brought you in is the same God that'll bring you out. Can you say amen? Today it seems like there's a tendency. People want to run away from their problems. That's why we have so many divorces. That's why we have so many things going on in the world. Because people, if they feel like they can just run away from this husband and get to another husband, things will be all right. But honey, the same problems that you had there, you're taking with you because many times it's you and not them. Look at your neighbor and say, that hurt. That hurt, that hurt. Some people would rather run away from their problems than face them tried to escape and through drugs and through alcohol trying to escape through divorce, like I said, trying to, uh, don't want to confront their problems. Sometimes you just got to confront your problems. Some try to act like they don't deserve to be in that situation I've already said and they just run away. They run away from their responsibilities. They run away from their pain. They act like that they're on a beach somewhere. That's where they should be. They act like that they're, in reality, when they try to act like they're on the beach, they're really in quicksand and about to sink and somebody say amen. And some, after a while, they find out that they're trying Troubles will always follow them, just like I told you. Sometimes, sometimes we're the problem. point, Do your finger like this. Say, sometimes I'm the problem. That's hard. That's hard to do, isn't it? Sometimes. I didn't say always. I said sometimes. Say sometimes. I'm the problem. And we keep doing things over and over again, expecting a different result and never changes because we don't fix ourselves. So my brothers and sisters, as we pass through this flood, we can have comfort knowing that God is truly with us. He says, I'll be with thee. When he says that, it means, it means the truth. It means what he says. I, you know, there's some people that just lie to you. They'll lie to you just to try to try to convince you of something, and they'll just lie to you. They'll just tell you lies. Now, it doesn't come from this pulpit. It doesn't come from this house, and I know that. But there are people in the world who just lie to you just to, so they can become your friend. they just lie to you so they can try to influence you. they just lie to you for whatever reasons. We got lots of people on TV that lies to us. I'll just leave it right there. I won't say nothing else. John said 14, 27, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to ask you something. If Jesus says, don't be afraid, what do we need to do? If Jesus said, don't be afraid, what do we need to do? What about a virus? Wait, what? What about a virus? What do you think the enemy is going to want to do in your life? Make you afraid. If Jesus says, don't be afraid, the enemy is gonna do everything he can to make you afraid. If he can make you afraid, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be afraid. God wants you to move in faith, but the enemy wants you to drown in your fears. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the enemy wants you to drown in your fears. And the enemy wants you to think that what you're going through is so big that God can't even help you out of it. That what you're dealing with right now, it's nobody here, it's the people online. What you're dealing with right now, many times the enemy says, it's too big, God can't help you out of this, you done made a mess now, it's too big, it's too big. Does this seem like sometimes you're not going to make it? Do you ever get that feeling like I'm just not going to make it through this? Do you ever feel like that you're just lost all hope? That you're, you're just not going to make it? It's not going to get any better. My life's not going to get better. The country's not going to get better. The finances are not going to get better. My job's not going to get better. The husband's not going to get better. The dog's not going to get better. Just preaching, preaching at you this morning. Sometimes you feel like you're in a hopeless situation. My friend, God will not allow you to sink. God will not allow you to sink. He's the master of the storm, and Jesus, the master of the wind, he is in control. You need to realize that God saves us in the middle of a flood, that God saves us in the middle of a flood. I remember my life. I remember how lost I was. I'm gonna tell you just a little bit about me, if I can do that. Um, I'd served God for many years. I'd been faithful serving God, and and I'd really been faithful to God. Can I just tell my story here? Would it be all right? I'm not gonna run anybody off, am I? It don't matter. So so I'd been serving God, and and I was called to preach in 1977. And I was serving God, and I was, and I felt like felt the calling of God. But I, but I hadn't yet totally surrendered to all of it. And I would, I would go fill in for people, and go teach Sunday school classes and stuff like this. And I, and I just, go, I'm just can I just tell you the whole thing? Do you want to know about me? Because I, I want to relate to you today. I want you to know exactly where I've been and what I've gone through. And I was married at the time, and I had two little girls. My wife decided she didn't want to be with me any anymore. She cheated and she left and that was it. And I was lost. I mean, I was lost because I didn't know what God was gonna do with me ministry-wise, but I was lost because my family was gone. And I'd get the kids and I'd visit them, but that was it and it was just terrible. And I had a friend, I had a friend, I played music and sang all my life. That's all I've done. My family had a Southern Gospel Quartet and we sang and family style music and we just had a wonderful time and we did a lot of the old Henson songs. Anybody remember them old Henson songs? Two or three old people in here. None of you young young people don't know them. Yeah, yeah, I know it. So, but but we did a, a lot of old Henson songs. We had a bus and I saw three buses on the way up here to this church today. Three old buses parked and we had a bus about like that. We traveled around. We did the last year we sang. We did a hundred and seven bookings the last year, and we all work 40-hour jobs. Me and my two sisters and my mom, my dad. My mom didn't work outside home, and we, we did that. And then, then it all just kind of began to fall apart, and everything just kind of fell apart in my life. And so during that time, my cousin said, I'm playing music on the weekend. Would you like to go play music with me? I said, yeah, I'd love that. I, I would really enjoy going and playing with you. He was playing at Drift In Lounge, I said, sure, I'll go, you know, and and I was doing songs like, the closer you get, the further I fall, you know, we're close proximity, and I was, and and we're singing those songs, and I was in this club, and I I was, and I was doing everything wrong, hear me out, now you need to listen to me, because somebody, it's going to change somebody's life, it's going to change somebody's life, and so I, I was playing these songs and singing these songs, and I knew God would deal with me, and I knew I shouldn't be there. And so then my cousin said, "There's this girl wants to meet you." And I'm all divorced now, and all that's behind me, and, and I'm just single, and I'm like, I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing, and you know, and I and I'm up there and I'm singing these songs, and he said, "There's this girl wants to meet you," and I said, I, "I'm not interested." You know, you get burned pretty good. You're done, amen. You just kind of done. You ain't, you know. And uh, he said she wants to meet you, and I said, "Well, who is it?" He says my sis, my wife's sister. And I said, "Well, you know, you know, is she anything like your wife?" He said, "Yeah, pretty much. Good. It's okay." I said, "Well, that might be a thought." He said, "She got one problem." I thought, "Okay." He said, "She's the marrying kind." I said, "Oh Lord, I didn't want to meet her." He said, "Well, I'll tell you where she works." She works at Crosstown Liquor. (laughs) True story. You think God can't take a a pile of nothingness and make something out of it? 33 years now pastoring and serving God, you think God can't take tough situations and hard days and overcoming and all this stuff and change your life and put you back on the right track and get you going down the right road? I'm telling you, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he forgave me and changed my life and changed her life, God can do it for you and you. Sit down. She's in that alcohol place, selling alcohol. And the first thing my cousin and I did, first time ever laid eyes on her, we rolled up to the liquor store. I said, what are we doing here? He said, we're going to go in and and get something and we're going to see her. And we got a bottle of wine. Now, I'm not here to condemn you or condone anything. I'm just here to tell you what my life was like and how that I knew that I was on the wrong road, okay? We bought a bottle of wine. We had it gone before we got back two miles to the place where we was headed. And I saw her and I thought, she's pretty attractive. But I sure not wanted to get married. And a little bit later that night, she walked into the club. And when she come in with them white pants on, help me somebody! I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm just talking to you. I'm just talking to us. And she come and sat down, and we sat down and talked. And I, the, you remember what I told you? I told her. I said you look like a Sunday school teacher. (laughs) True words. And I said, what are we doing in here? And I pitched my keys to Gordon, and I said, because he had rode with me, I said, here's the deal. You take my car. I'm gonna go with her, and we're gonna go get a pizza. And we rolled up to the pizza hut there in Blyville, and we talked till they closed. And we talked like we had known each other forever. And three months later, without asking her to marry me or her asking me to marry her, we got married in 1983, November the 21st, and our 39th anniversary is rolling up real quick. Don't tell me God can't take your bad situation and turn it all around. Now let me get back to my message because I wanted you to know me. God will save you out of the worst time in your life. He will be there when everybody else has written you off. I just want to interject this one time. During, during the time I was divorced and everything, like I, was, like I told you, I was just kind of being stupid. My family was still singing and they had a singing at a church and they wanted me to sing and I went and sang with them. I went and sang with them at a church. Well, there was another church that called and said they wanted us to come sing. And they said, will you go? And I said, I will. And so we had it all planned up. And uh, the pastor called and he said, I understand that he's divorced. And uh, I said, yeah, that's true. He said, well, y'all can come, but he can't. Truth. Truth. A man of God said, he can, y'all can come, but he can't. Guess what? None of us went. That was just a little thought I had to say. He doesn't say, Okay, folks, I'll be watching from the shore here. Jesus doesn't say, I'll be watching from the shore. And, and you know, and, and if you can get close enough to me, I'll come to you, but you know I'm not gonna go out there in that deep water that you've already got yourself up in. I did. He said, okay, folks, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the shore and I'm just gonna watch you and if you get out there too deep, you're on your own. I'll watch you go on down shore and if you get close enough back to the shore, I'll try to get, he doesn't say, if you find yourself in a flood, it's already too late. I'm so glad it wasn't too late for you, Noah. Two years ago, right before COVID hit, your daddy was in revival with me after meeting me, striking up that conversation. And I guess that was the first time you'd been back with me, wasn't it? Might have been there one time. You was there New Year's Eve. That's what it was. And then you came back for revival. See, I even had to, I was brave enough to have him again. I've had that man preach more for me than anybody else in evangelism since I've been a pastor. (laughs) Me and your daddy, I'm not letting these secrets out, but me and your daddy sat and talked, prayed about you. Because you was in deep water. But you know what? It doesn't matter how deep the water is. God come after you, didn't he? Aren't you so glad of that? And I had Brother Noah and Sister Noel up there at my Church. And I'm telling you, man, they turned the thing upside down, inside out, and I can't wait to get them back. And I may bring them both back together and let them do three days and three days or something, I don't know, but I can't wait to see you guys again because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. Let me get back. It doesn't matter how deep of water you're in or how deep of water you've been in, God is still looking for you. In the Gospels, we see Jesus walking on the water at night, you remember? The wind was blowing. The disciples were afraid. Peter was there in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water, the wind and the waves and everything's just going crazy. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. In other words, he's saying, if that's you, Jesus, I want to get out there where you are. Now understand, he wasn't about to get out of the boat on smooth water. He wasn't about to walk on a board that couldn't be seen under the water. He was about to get out in the waves. Sometimes as men and women of God, we find ourselves where there's only one place to go and it's in the deep water to find the people that we need to reach out to. Sometimes we gotta get out there when it seems like it's unsteady and it seems like it's rough and it seems like it's the wrong place to be. But when you go there, many times you can reach the person that needs to be reached. Can somebody say amen? Jesus said, come on out, Peter. Come on out here. Peter got out and he started walking toward Jesus. Now, most of us want to focus on the next part of this message, and I got just a little just a little cliffhanger for you. Most of us want to focus on the part that Peter sank. And we spend our time talking about, "Yes, He, God called him, Jesus called him to come out and he started coming around but he got out there and he began to sink and I'm telling you, you can't get out there too deep. You gotta be careful and we'll preach a message and make it all glorified and sound good about you better not go too far. And we spent an entire generation of trying to help people not to go too far with Jesus. I'm telling you, sometimes it looks like it's the worst situation you could ever find yourself in. I had a woman that I worked with at the place, the little factory I worked at. Whenever I told her that I was dating a girl and we was going to get married and all this stuff, and she called me a fool and an idiot and everything else, and it wasn't because I was dating her. Help me, somebody is because she saw the calamity of me having two children and then her having a little girl and then, and then whatever else was gonna happen in our lives and, and she was just like, "You, you won't even, there's no way, there's no way. I'm so glad that with God there was a way. That in the midst of all the negativism and all of the waves and all the things that, that was, it was stupid for us to get married, it really was. I had no money and she had less. Figure that one out, it'd be alright. Peter started to sink. We want to focus on that. And the reason we want to focus on that, because we don't want to get out of the boat. The reason we focus on Peter sinking is because we don't want to get out in the boat. It's safe in the boat. It's stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. And especially we don't want to get out if it's windy or rough or waves going. And, and when God When God shows up on the scene, you know, he's gonna deliver us before we get out too far, we think. But God was saying, if you, Peter, want to come to me, all you've gotta do is let go and come to me. I wanna say that again because it's real important. If you're just willing to let go of where you're sitting and willing to get out and walk toward me, I'll make sure that you're safe. You see, we can't walk on the water as we've often said until we get out of the boat. And we've got to release ourselves from some fixed places that we are in in our mind and in our hearts and release ourselves to follow and flow after God. It's not easy sometimes for us to, to say, you know, uh he needs a teacher but you know we sit back and say well you know I I feel teaching in my spirit but I I don't really want to let go because if I get out of this boat here and start teaching there's no tail want me to do something else next time and it's easy for us to say I'll just stay right where I am and I won't move or move out of this fixed place because if I move then I'm going to be responsible and I'm going to have to do things that maybe I don't want to do but I'm telling you you'll never serve God like you need to serve him until you're willing to release yourself from your fixed position and go to where he is I'm telling you it's time that we get up and go toward him Sonia and I haven't even got to my message yet you're in trouble you're in trouble I don't know if you noticed in this story or not, but as soon as Peter got out of the boat, he walked a little ways and began to sink. But as soon as they got back to the boat, the wind stopped and the waves ceased. You see, a lot of times, we have gotten ourselves out and we began to look around And as we looked around, we began to sink, and God had to get us back in the boat. There's a lot of people listening to me right now. You have been in this boat. You've been in other boats. You've been around sailing with all these other churches. You've been ministering for years. You've been working. You've been teaching. You've been doing all the things that you were called to do. And now then, a little virus, it was bad, yes, I say it, but a little virus has stopped you, and now then, you realize that you need to get back to the boat. I'm telling you, you won't find calm waters till you get back to the boat. You won't find calm waters till you get back to the boat. Can somebody say amen? I told you I'm a pastor. I'm just preaching like a pastor today. Just come on back to the boat. Get back in there. When Peter wanted to go meet Jesus, it was windy, it was raining, it was wavy, it was bad. Jesus didn't stop all of that to let Peter just walk out on smooth water. Peter's focus was on Jesus and not the storm. Let me say that again. Peter's focus was on Jesus, not the storm. But all of a sudden, he got his eyes off of Jesus. What are you looking at. Right now. Are you looking at. What you can do. In your personal abilities. Are you looking at. What this church can do for you. Are you looking at. What this neighborhood. This community. Can do for you. Or are you looking. Of what you can do. For this community. And are you looking. For what you can do. In this church. Or are you looking. For what you can do. In this world. Listen. Being in the flood and the storm makes us stronger. When we're out there in the flood and the storm, it makes us stronger. We get stronger. Peter didn't have to sink. He could have walked all the way to Jesus. They could have walked back to the boat on the storm because he didn't need smooth waters. He needed Jesus. Jesus. He, didn't, he wasn't looking for an easy way out. He needed Jesus. Listen, you're not gonna find what you're looking for no matter whether you're there or here. You're not gonna find it till you find Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. Well, I'm saved, Pastor. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. Are you serving God? Well, I, well I'm a member of the church and I'm saved, Pastor. It's fine. Are you working for God? Are you giving Ever others are you telling others about what God has done for you? Are you sharing the gospel that they can be saved even at the workplace? Are you giving of your heart and your life and your time and your money and your resources and everything? are you giving? Are you working for God? Listen, being in the flood makes us stronger, but many only think of God when they're in, when they 're in deep water. They only begin to think about the things of God. Thank you for the towel. They only begin to think of the things of God when they're in deep water. Well, we're about to sink. We better go back to church. Did I say that? Did I say that? We're about, we're about to sink. We're about to sink. We need to pay our tithe. Am I doing all right? I'm, in a, I'm, past, I'm being a pastor. I'm just being a pastor. This is what I do. And many times... What happens in our life is we wait till troubles come and then we try to figure out a way out of them. In other words, go back to church. Now, listen, if you're in trouble, come to church. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying don't wait till you get in trouble to come to church. Don't wait till you get in over your head to come to church. Don't wait till the problems have become insurmountable for you and you can't overcome them and everything's falling apart in your life. Don't wait till then to come back to church. Come back now. Come back now. Call them. Everybody, come back now. Come on, say it with me. Come back now. Come on, say it with me. Come back now. Come on right now. Come on back to God's house. If you're watching, and this is not your place, go back to where you're supposed to be. Amen. Sometimes they get all jammed up, and they want to scream, "God help!" And it's it's all right to do that, but don't wait till you get all jammed up. Amen. Don't don't wait till that everything gets bad. And then they think they get out of trouble. They want that get out of get out of hell free card, and uh, and they want to act like you know, hey, I'll just go back to church, and everything will be all right. No, honey. You may come back to church and it get worse. (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. I'm making it plain. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And he says, when I am weak, when when I am weak, then he is strong. I I can't do it. Brother, what's your first name? Quentin. Quentin. Quentin, I can't do it, buddy. I cannot do it. And you can't do it. You look like a pretty good sized guy. But truth of the matter is, you can't do it. Not in your ability. Not in your strength. And and you know, when we're weak, he's strong. And you're only strong when you realize that you're weak. Just trying to give you some word today. You're only strong when you realize that you're weak. There's a lot of people say, I'm strong. No, you're not. You're weak. And until you realize you're weak, you won't be strong. Right. I just said something. I don't know whether you heard it or not. When you realize that we can't, we realize we can't do it ourselves. We're in the right place. We finally then let Christ in and let him do something through us. But as long as you're afraid, you'll beat at the waters. You'll frail with your arms. You'll do everything you can to stop the troubles and they won't be able to stop until you allow Jesus to help you. When you quit fighting the water, you can begin to swim. Can I say it one more time? When you quit fighting the water, you can begin to swim. So many times people say, well, if I quit fighting the water, I'm gonna drown. No, you'll learn to swim. There are so many people They give up on God just right there. They just stop
0: on God right there.
1: They just don't fulfill their calling just that close. I know it's not anybody here. I'm sure I'm talking to just people online, but you're just this close. You're just that close. Almost, almost. Almost doing what God called you to do. Almost following the plan of God. And sometimes we feel like that God is nowhere around. He hasn't left you, my friend. God's grace and his presence is all we need. He gives us provision when we are in need. He gives us peace when we're in trouble. He gives us perseverance when we're struggling. He gives us healing when we're sick. He gives us comfort when we're grieving. He gives us strength when we're tempted. Many folks before us have learned to make it through the deep water and the storms of life, and we can make it too. Paul, Peter, John the Baptist, Daniel, David, Three Hebrew boys in the furnace. And Jesus himself showed us that he would be there with us. I want to just testify a little bit. I'm going to begin to close, which means nothing. (laughs) On March the 12th, 2017, we were in the deepest, darkest water of our marriage. I'm going to say this, and you won't believe me, but I'm going to say it anyway. My wife and I have never had an argument or a strong disagreement. She's always right, and it works. No, it's not that. It's not that. I promise you it's not that. It's just that we just are so compatible in God that we just just flow. And we've done marriage... Conferences. We we did a little marriage conference thing for you guys here, and on video, and uh, and we've done all kinds of things like that. And you know, because our we just have a great marriage. God's just tremendously blessed us. And then when we got together, we got us we had us a boy, and he is praise and worship leader at a church that we pastored for eight years. And and man, I mean, he is anointed. He is bad news. On March twelfth, twenty seventeen, we're in the deepest waters we'd ever gone through. At our church in Braggadocia, Missouri, where we're still pastoring, after a prayer service, God had me, I do stupid stuff sometimes to people's, in people's imagination. Uh, Brother Chris does too. <laughs> I had, whenever he came and when I was pastoring in Troy, uh, I was having migraine headaches Every day, I'm just horrible headaches, and I'd get through one, and 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 my head would hurt for several days, and then and then it, it happened again, and it was just on and on and on and on. He was in revival with us, and he says he's going not remember this, but I remember it well. And um, as I tell the details, you will understand. So I come up front, and, we, and I've helped him pray for everybody. My head's just going boom, 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 and I'm praying, and I'm and I'm saying, God, take this off of me, take this off of me. And I'm just praying with everybody in the service he's praying for people and I've helped him pray and I said I want you to pray for me I said but here's what God told me God told me to tell brother crazy Chris Owensby if you don't know him as an evangelist if you know him as a pastor and you know him as an evangelist buddy I said tell brother Chris Owensby to pray for me any way he wants to I'd seen him pray for people I'd seen him hit him in the stomach, it seemed like, and do everything else he could possibly, throw his Bible at him and all kinds of stuff. Y'all never seen anything like that, I'm sure. He took his, he said, when I told him that, he said, anything, I said, whatever God tells you to do, you do it. He took off his sweaty coat, sound familiar? Wrapped it around me on the wet, the wet side to me, I saw the other night, you were very nice, brother. You took the wet side and put it on the outside on the wet side toward me, wrapped it around me, and I'm standing in front of him, and he's a much stronger, bigger guy than I am, and I'm short, and he reached around me and picked me up. And the next thing I knew, he was, he was praying, and he was wound up, and he was doing me like this, like a dog would a toy, you know, and he's just, and then he went, boom, and he just threw me on the ground threw me on the ground and he said see he says i don't remember that he doesn't have to i remember it that's like the guy punches you in the end of the nose he said i don't remember doing that i remember it and from that day to this i've never had a migraine headache i've had stress headaches I've had cold headaches. I've had other kinds of headaches. But if you've ever had a migraine headache where you're down for two or three days and you have to go to the hospital and you have to get shots, two different shots, finegrin and Demerol, two shots to just knock you out so you can get some sleep and wake up feeling maybe a little bit better. But since that day today, no more migraine headaches. And I'm glad you put that old sweaty coat on me and throwed me on the ground. But at our church service that Sunday morning, listen to me, and I am closing. After a prayer service, and I literally prayed, Sister Kathy and I prayed for every person in the church. Took oil, walked around, and prayed for every person in the church. And when we got through, she was behind me. We just walked together up and down every aisle, and we're about like this church. You know, it's kind of just we had chairs at that time, and we just walked up and down the aisle and up and down the aisle. And we got through. I came back to the pulpit, and she sat down on the edge of the stage, just like ours, just right there. And she sat down, and I saw her sit down, and I saw her kind of lean back. Well, I thought she's in the spirit. You know, we, you, all know how, you all know what that means, don't you? I thought she's in the spirit. She's kind of fell back. She's kind of resting, and, and she laid back. And she laid there, and I just kind of closed the service. Well, some of the ladies come up and begin to minister to her and around her. And, uh, and then they, we closed the service. I just closed the service. Everybody left. And she said, I am sick. And I said, baby, she said, I am sick at my stomach. She said, the whole, everything is just turning around like it's like I'm stuck in a spinner and it's just going around. And, and she was sick, and she was about to get sick at her stomach, and she was all just in terrible shape. And at that moment, we didn't know what was wrong with her. Some of the people began to say, well, we need this and this and put this on her wrist and do this and this, and we didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know what was wrong. And She was laid out. She was the director of health information at a hospital in Blyville, Arkansas. She'd been there for about three years at that point, and I'd been working faithfully there and had knew all the people and all the workers there, being one of the directors. And she said, I need to go somewhere. And I said, well, where do you need to go? She said, I need to go to the hospital. And I mean, she didn't look like she was sick, other than she just was just laying there. And I got her to the hospital, got her to the Blival Hospital. And as soon as we got there, they knew who she was. They took her right straight into the mercy room, and I went in and, and went back. And her blood pressure was 200 over 100 and something, 105 or something like that. And they didn't know what was wrong with her. And after a couple of hours, they stuck her in an ambulance, and we went to Jonesboro. And we got to Jonesboro, and when we got to Jonesboro, they they began to work on her and said they didn't know what was going on. it was about 24 hours later the doctor came in. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning at that time. The doctor come walking in, and he said, she has had a stroke. I said, you are kidding me. She's laying in the bed, moving around, moving her arms, moving her legs. She just feels awful, huh? Talking to everybody, knew everybody. I, you know, I would get her up when she needed to go to facilities. I mean, it, it was just, she was just like she was just weak. And they said, she's had a blood clot in the base of her brain. And we were in deep water. It was a faith testing time for us. They carried us on to Memphis. We went to Memphis and stayed there almost a week. And the head of neurology met us. And he said he was a Russian man. Dr. Alexandrov, and Dr. Alexandrov said, she is a very sick lady, and he said, if, if she gets in bad shape, I'm going to take her right across this hall, and that's our surgery room, and we're in ICU, and he said, I'm going to take the back of her skull completely off, and he said, and we won't know what we've got until her brain quits swelling. Do you think this preacher boy wasn't praying? And seven days later, Dr. Alexandrov walked in and he says, I looked at your scans. You should be messed up. I said, honey, you just don't know her at home. He said, you should be messed up. And we had been in that neurology. I see you. And there were people in there screaming and hollering, and there were people in there that were just swearing, and there was all kinds of things going on in there because they were having strokes or had strokes and didn't even know where they were. And the seventh day, he said, you should be messed up. He said, I looked at your scans. And Kathy said, we've had people praying. At the time, my sister and her husband were in Israel, and they had written Kathy's name and put it in that wailing wall. We had people praying all over the country and she walked out of the hospital with no deficits. But while we were in Jonesboro, while we were in Jonesboro, in the deepest waters that we'd ever found ourselves in, right after the doctor had said, it is a bad stroke. She's laying in bed, and I have it on video, but I can't really show it because it's kind of not good quality. But without anybody saying, okay, would everybody stand? Without anybody saying, would you lift your hands? Without anybody saying, would you turn to page so-and-so? She was laying basically what could have been her deathbed. And she sang this song. He never promised that the cross could not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victories without fighting, but he said... Help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says, give in. Just hold on. Our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again. So we are here today as living proof Amen. to tell you that even pastors, even evangelist pastors, even evangelists, yes. even men and women that are serving in every capacity of life, that sometimes it will seem like it's too much. It will seem like the water's too deep. It will seem like you've gone too far. But we are living proof that God can take nothing and make something great. And not only that, He can take sickness and malady and malfunction in your life and He can heal your body and He can change your circumstances from where one says it's not going to be to the one that is says it will be.
0: You know, I really don't know what your need is today, but the Holy Spirit knows. And He's used this service, this message, to speak into your life. If you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, really all you need to do is get real with Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I desperately need a Savior. And you're the only one who can. I invite you into my life. I ask you to save me. I need you as also to be my Lord. I give myself to you and my life to you. Father, not only do I pray and celebrate these that are coming to you, but for those that need a special touch in their family, for those that need a divine touch in their body, for those that need a surge of encouragement, for those that need increased joy, and for those that are growing, that they will become all that they are called to become. I declare your blessing over the people, and I thank you that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully on their behalf. In Jesus' wonderful name. Until next time, I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I pray that you will continue to check out our regular podcast.